This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio. And if you stuck with me uh, on the live portion of the show, I thank you for that on Facebook or YouTube. If you downloaded part two on the audio pla- on the audio side, I thank you for that. And I'm just taking a look at some uh, live chat stuff. See who we have here. We have Bron Blackwater. That's a new one. That's a new name. Steelers Pittsburgh, who says can't stay, just saying hey, and that's what I call that's what I call a friend, a friend of the show, somebody who can't really stay, but they they still take the time to, to log on and 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 say hi to everybody. It's a Steelers Steeler Nation is worldwide. We're all one big family, even though we fight sometimes, especially on Facebook um, and in the comment section Sunday afternoon during the game. We're still one big happy family, so. Hello, Steelers Pittsburgh, and I hope you have a great night. And Mika Everett is here. <laughs> Mika Everett says, I got to read this first. No, oh, well, I'm not going to read that. But it's pretty funny, so you can read it yourself. Anyway, it's, I don't want to, there's some words in there I don't want to say live. But but uh, Micah Everett joins us, so uh, welcome. Kathy Ford, X Eddie B., Danny Dawn. The Cuda, Brian Brown, and well, I can I can I can get through this without having to say any any of the bad words. But he says the Browns fans have already crowned themselves Super Bowl champs. A good butt kicking from the Steelers is just what the doctor ordered. Well, I, I think it would just take a, a I, I I mean a butt kicking would be good. Don't get me wrong. I I would welcome that. It would it would make the the game mostly stress free. But it would also but also, I think um, if they any kind of win would really, I think, um, because it's because it's the Steelers, I think it would really psych the Browns out. Maybe it would have a, a great psychological effect on them. When I say great, I mean poor. A great win for the Steelers. So any win would be would be uh, really really effective in many ways. But yeah, a good butt kicking would be nice. And Devin Logan says, "Hey Hayden." With a bunch of question marks, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but uh, he's going to play. He's not on the injury uh, injured list, as far as I know. Uh, Melvin Ingram was, and he's doubtful right now. Uh, do you mean should Hayden be traded, or is he going to be traded? I don't know. I'll just put that. I'll just answer that right now because I know somebody's going to ask it. I don't know. I don't expect it. So that's those are my opinions on Joe Hayden. All right, John C says, "Hey Tony." All right, let's see. Let's talk about Melvin Ingram and those. Speaking of trade rumors, the rumors that he wants traded because he's not getting enough playing time. Um, 
are they true? Possibly. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say that it's his agent trying to drum up interest because he wants his client to go somewhere else because he's a, a rented player and he wants to increase his value for next year when he gets to free agent market. Some people have said that teams that are in the market for a, a veteran pass rusher are throwing it out there uh, to try to drum up uh, trade possibilities with the Steelers. Uh, and maybe it's just Ingram himself. Who's not, who's not happy with his playing time. If it's Ingram himself, well, I think that's, pr- uh, that's pretty interesting. And it's kind of not a, not a shocker because He's had a pretty accomplished career up until a couple of years ago when the injury bug really hit him. Uh, 50 plus sacks for his career. I forget what the exact number was heading into 2021. And he's what, 32 years old. So he's not old, uh, but he is a veteran. But his, his successful years were recent enough that he probably still thinks that, hey, hey, I, I, I still should be starting in this league. I, I, and, and, you know, I went and looked at a snap count percentage, uh, at least overall through six games, and he was up to 62%. Um, so for a backup, that's a lot of playing time. Even if you cut that down to like 40%, that's still a lot of uh, playing time for a backup. But I'm sure 20, 2017's uh, Joe uh, James Harrison would love to have even a 40% w- workload because that's what his uh, biggest bone of contention was back then, that he wasn't getting any playing time. So if, if Ingram is um, annoyed or angry or upset about his playing time, even though he's averaging 62% of the snaps over the first six games, that tells me that he thinks that he's a better player than Alex Highsmith and that he should be starting over him. That's what that tells me. Because he obviously, he, he wouldn't be delusional enough to think that that he should be uh, playing ahead of TJ Watt. So he probably thinks he should be the starter. So, um, and to me, I think that's, that's the, that's the, uh, the danger you, you run into when you sign these accomplished veterans to be your backup, to come in and be a backup player because they, you know, most professional athletes are, their, their egos are, are tremendous. And, you know, uh, they, they, they don't want to be, they don't want to, it's harder for them to accept a, a, a reserve role, a, 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 a backup role. Even if that's, even if they come in saying, yeah, I don't, I, I understand my role. I, I'm happy about my role. Uh, when they get to, into the thick of it, they probably want, they, they probably can't handle being on the bench and, and, and just, you know, giving these guys a breather every now and then, or just filling in, you know, for an injury. You know, we saw that a cut. We saw that back in 2014 with Legarrette Blunt. He was a veteran running back that they brought in to be the number two guy behind Le'Veon Bell, and that was Le'Veon Bell's breakout year. And he was so good that year, he probably should have been in consideration for NFL MVP. That's how good Le'Veon Bell was in 2014. And Blunt was still upset about his playing time. In fact, the tipping point came in a game on Monday Night, Monday Night Football. When Bell rushed for what, 204 yards, 200 plus yards. So, you know, I mean, uh, these guys, but they're, 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 they're just, they're just, their egos are just so big. They just, they just can't handle a lack of, and I get it. I get it. I mean, you want to be out there playing. You want to be out there playing and, 
Nobody wants to sit on the bench. And that's probably especially the case when you're when you're an accomplished vet with a nice resume. But you signed that contract for a specific purpose, for, for a reason. They're paying you for a specific thing, and that's to be the backup. You know, that's your job, to be the reserve player. So, you know, if you don't like your, your, your playing time, if I'm Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert, I'm saying, well, look, we need you. I'm sorry uh, you don't like your, your playing time, but you have to be a team player right now. Um, you're our number one backup at outside linebacker. Who knows when, you know, we could need, we could uh, need you at any second. You, you might be called upon to be the guy that starts the rest of the year. If somebody gets seriously injured, God forbid. So I'm not trading that guy. I'm keeping him because, you know, if they're serious about contending for the playoffs, then why, why on earth would they want to trade Melvin Ingram for any kind of, I mean, maybe a second round pick, but he's not, they're, they're not going to going to get a second round pick from Melvin Ingram fourth, fifth round pick. Who cares? Keep that guy. And if he leaves at the end of the year, which he likely will, oh, well, you know, that's, that's 2022's problem. I'm not worried about that right now. Um, so those are my thoughts on Melvin Ingram. Uh, as I usually, as is my opinion, usually in these cases, I say, keep the player and don't worry about draft picks. Cause I could care less about draft picks. They, they don't really do anything for me. So um, if they were one in five instead of three and three, I'd say, okay, maybe uh, shop Melvin Ingram, uh, get what you can for him. And, you know, you'll have somebody, an, an unproven player as your number three. Okay, fine, whatever. You're one in five, you're not going anywhere. But they're still in contention. And I'm sorry, but, but they're going to remain, you know, they're not going to be eliminated from contention by the trade deadline. It's what one game away, two games, whatever it is. By the time the trade deadline hits, there's a seventh seed in, the, in in each conference now. So, you know that increases the chances of you making the playoffs, regardless of what happens uh, this week. So, I'm keeping Melvin Ingram. You brought him in here for a reason <clears throat> to be the backup. Uh, T.J. Watt's playing. He's the you know obviously a, a yearly Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, candidate so you're not gonna uh and alex highsmith is your future on the other side so sorry melvin but you have to you have to play your role and you're being paid four million dollars to do so um maybe that maybe that hurts your 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 uh market value next year but heck he was on the bench or he was on he was on the street for what four months five months before that before he finally signed with somebody so uh I'm sure he'll make at least that much uh, next year, four or five million. And why a 33-year-old, which would he would be, which is what he would be next year? Why he a 33-year-old thinks he would get anything more than the four or five million he made this year in free agency next year is beyond me. But that's again, that's probably the the ego talking. So those are my thoughts on Melvin Ingram. All right, one more topic, and that's. Of course, the Mike Tomlin thing and his, his the rumor of him being a front runner to coach at USC or LSU and him finally being asked that question at his weekly press conference last Tuesday and him blowing up and just going nuts and really 
just being visibly upset. I don't think I've ever seen him that upset at a press conference. He was mad. He was angry. He, his blood was boiling. His eyes were bugging out. You know, Tomlin had the chin. Uh, I'm sorry. Cower had the chin. Tomlin has the eyes. You know, when he gets really angry, his eyes get really big. And he was mad. He was, if somebody was like, if, if Tim Benz, who asked that question, if he would ask it like two feet away from me, he might've punched him. That's how angry he was. And I'm sure he was expecting the question. He had to, he's not, a, he's not an idiot. He knows his ears are, you know, he has what, what they call elephant or no, no, elephant, rabbit ears. He, he, he hears these things. He, he knows what's going on, what people are saying about him and his team. Most coaches do, I think, whether they acknowledge it or not. Um, I wasn't expecting to be that upset, to be honest. I mean, when I, when I first heard the rumor, I guess it was a week or so earlier. I think it first started at LSU and then it went to USC or maybe vice versa. I thought I was like, wow, you know, somebody really thinks an awful lot of Tomlin uh, to, to start these rumors about him because I, to me, maybe I have too much respect for college football, but I have a lot of respect for college football and I don't look at a, a college job as necessarily a, a demotion. You know, I think when some people, when they, when they hear, when they hear a professional going to college, they think, oh, he's, it's a demotion because the player, the, the, the level of play is, is clearly less. Of course it is. You know, in the NFL, it's the best of the best. Whereas in college, it's, it's you know, you're, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's more diluted. But I don't think of it that way. I just think, I think a college, a big time college coach, it, it's, it's, a, it's just a completely different skill set. Like, for example, uh, we know how successful Nick Saban is as a college quarter, uh, college coach. He's one of the best ever, certainly in the, in, in the modern era. But I don't think he could do at the pro level what he does at the college. I don't think he's good enough to, to coach at the pro level. Not because the, the pro game is, is, is tougher. Not because like X's and O's are, are, are tougher or different. It's just a different skill set because he has to di- deal with a different set of uh, uh, problems at the, at the pro level, you know, they're professionals. They're not going to listen to some guy who wants to like, you know, instill the fear of, of, of death in them. Right. Which you can do with high school uh, kids coming right out of high school. You know, you got a 28 year old making 30 million a year. He's going to say, uh, bleep you coach. You know, I'm not, you know, I make more money than you. So there's that factor. And then of course, you know, you have to be a, a talent evaluator, uh, you know, in terms of the draft and everything. Um, and and, and uh, so it's a different job. Not necessarily a better job, but it's a different job. And and it's unknown whether or not Mike Tomlin could do Nick Saban's job as a college coach, you know, recruiting, um, you know, uh, 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 dealing with boosters, dealing with alumni, um, uh, you know, I know like when, when a player does something in May, a, a Steeler player, uh, like five states away, uh, people say, well, Tom has lost control of the team, which is just ridiculous. But in college, that's kind of a, a college coach is kind of responsible for his players year round because uh, usually what they say to the parents is, look, your kid is in my care and I'm going to take care of him to the best of my ability. I will protect him. Nothing will happen to him. You have my word, you know, so you, you have, you know, like you're promising these parents that you're going to take care of their child. So it's a year round job. And, 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 you know, uh, 
again, you have to go and you have to go into these kids' living rooms, these families' living rooms year round and recruit them and sell yourself constantly. Whereas in the NFL, you know, it's like you get to say to the best player, sorry, you can't go anywhere else but here because I drafted you. You have to come work for me. So it's a, I think it's a completely different skill set. And uh, ask the people in, in Alabama or Oklahoma or Texas or, or, or Louisiana or Georgia, ask those big time college football fans if college football is, uh, is, is uh, nothing compared to the NFL. To them, it's their whole world. It's their religion. A lot of, like Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, you know, th- th- they are very serious about their college football in those areas of the country. And and you know, Mike Tomlin or a- any 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 coach of, of those programs is, if if he's successful, he's like a god. And you know, the money is what the money is. I mean, a lot of these college coaches make far more money. Than some a lot of NFL coaches. So, you know, when I heard the rumor, I didn't think, "Oh my God, it's so disrespectful to Mike Tomlin that, that he's involved or that he's uh, linked to these programs." I didn't think that at all, but he did. I mean, he was really offended by it, and of course, he he mentioned Andy Reid and Sean Payton. Um, so it really blew me away. I mean, I was like, I as I wrote about, it, I was really, really. Um, fired up that he was so fired up because I, you know, I think this is, this is the Steelers head coach. Why would he want to go anywhere else? It's the best job in, in professional sports or, or one of the best. Uh, so that part of it was really, it was nice to see him squash the rumors as emphatically as he did. Why he was offended. I don't know. Again, I don't know. Cause I don't think it was a, I don't think a lot of people think it was like, you know, and I, I get it. Like, believe me, I know that Mike Tomlin, he gets treated differently than a lot of coaches. And I, and you, and you know why. Because of, because of race, you know, people say, well, race has nothing to do with it. But, but then they're always bringing up the Rooney rule when talking about Mike Tomlin. So if race doesn't have anything to do with it, Mike Tomlin, why are you always bringing up the Rooney rule? And why, why are you always trying to say that, that he's only the coach because of that rule, which doesn't make any sense when you, when you consider how successful he's been. So I, I believe me, I know that race plays a huge role in a lot of the criticisms of Mike Tomlin. In this case, I, I you know, I don't see it. It's just my opinion. I, I thought it was, I would be complimented if I was Mike Tomlin. I would take it as a compliment that I was linked to these programs, even though it was a lot of hogwash. I mean, these rumors were based on nothing. Simply, they were based on Doug Whaley uh, bringing it up on a, on, a, on a radio show recently. And then other player, uh, other people like uh, Carson Palmer and Ryan Clark, you know, speculating. That's the only thing, that's the only smoke to this rumor. Is it, we're, 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 it was just speculation. Um, uh, but but other than just the fact that it was absurd because there's no basis in, in, in the speculation, why he was so upset, I don't know. Uh, I mean, to, to be the face of one of those programs, I think that would be, that would not be, I would not look at that as a demotion. I would look at that as, okay, you know, Ben's going to retire soon. Kevin Corbett's going to retire soon. Um, you know, this might be a, a time for him to, at the age of, he'll be 50 in March, a uh, time for him to go try maybe another, a completely different challenge. Not a, not a lesser challenge, maybe even a harder challenge. That's how I looked at it. But Mike Tomlin uh, saw it differently. And, and to his credit, he emphatically denied it. And I am grateful that he did, because I don't want to hear any more about USC and LSU, because Mike Tomlin isn't going anywhere. He's probably the coach here for as long as he wants to be, as, as long as he's, 
success or, 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 or the, the down periods aren't so bad. So I think we have a lot of years of uh, Mike Tomlin as the Steelers head coach to look forward to. And for that, I'm truly excited and, and grateful and thankful. So on that note, I will open up the final portion of tonight's show to some questions and comments. And Bert Tavares, who, who uh, joins the show, thank welcome, Bert. He says, Taco Charlton might finally get get uh, called up, meaning uh, into the rotation, thrown into the rotation. But is he really an outside linebacker? Is he more of like a, a 4-3 defensive end? I don't know. But you're right. You'll probably, he, he could possibly get called up if Melvin Ingram gets traded. But I don't see Melvin, Melvin Ingram get going anywhere. Uh, maybe by the end of the year, he'll be so disgruntled he'll get cut but um i don't really see them making any move with him now unless he quickly becomes a big problem which he doesn't seem like he's that kind of uh personality so i guess we'll have to keep uh, monitoring that situation and steelers freak says i don't compare the steelers with the other 31 inferior teams there's a speaking of inflated uh ego about the steelers that's that's they don't call him Steelers Freak for nothing. Anyway, he goes on. That written uh, Green Bay has changed coaches for fresh ideas, and it appears they landed a good one. Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. Of course, having Aaron Rodgers doesn't doesn't hurt, and Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a very high level. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they 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 switched uh, coaches, but I don't I don't think again. I think people when people say. Uh, fresh ideas. I think that's how maybe Mike Tom might, if he wasn't taking it, you know, like in, in sort of a, a, a way to have anything to do with race, maybe he was taking it. Maybe he was offended because he took the rumors as uh, people saying, well, he's struggling here so he can go off to college and, and coach there. I didn't take it that way either. I, I, I saw it as um, people looking at Tomlin as one of the best coaches in the NFL and saying, well, you know, he's done all he can here. He's had a nice run here. Let's see if he can go and and and, and try another challenge. That's how I took it. But uh, if he's interested in staying here as the coach, I think they're the Steelers are, are perfectly fine with having him here because it's hard, as I keep saying, it's hard to find that to get that job to get that right. When, when you're when you're looking for a head coach, if you don't get it right. It sets your team back for a, a, a good bit, just like with the quarterback. So, you know, um, I don't think they're they're gonna they're in any hurry to to part ways with with uh, Mike Tomlin. And here's one from Shannon, and he says Steelers coaching position is a great job, great stability, but too many fans are Super Bowl or else fair weather fans, fair weather few. Yes. That's it. Well, I mean, that's that's what everybody that's it seems like that's the way a lot of people act. It's almost like they they that's the only thing that, that will that could make them happy. And, you know, to me, it's almost seems like that's what being a fan is. And like the good uh, uh, the, the majority of the country is you're just totally just frustrated and angry uh, until a team wins and then you're OK for a while and then you start to cycle over again. So. Like a lot, a lot of people can't just enjoy the ride, the journey. It's it's about Super Bowl, World Series, Stanley Cup, whatever. 
a college title, you know, and, you know, if you're not doing that, if you're not winning, then people are never happy. So, um, yeah, but yeah, the fans, you know, that, that's another thing. The fans can, can, uh, be as critical, critical as they want of Mike Tomlin. The, the, the Steelers aren't going to listen to them if they feel that he's doing a good job. Now in college, it's a different story. You know, if, you know, if you have enough alumni and boosters making noise, then, you know, ask Jamie, Dip Jamie Dixon, who was a really successful uh, co-chair of the men's basketball team for years, but they never quite got over the hump. And the, the Golden Panthers, as, as they're called, they just weren't, they weren't satisfied with, with Pitt being a, an annual contender. They wanted more. So they kind of forced them out eventually. And, and, and now they're still trying to recover from that. You know, they're, they're, I think they're, they're heading in the right direction, but they're still trying to recover from uh, moving on from Jamie Dixon, what, five years ago? So, you know, it's a different animal in college. And Joseph Brown says, do you believe we will ever consistently run a power offense? If the, if the run blocking improves, um, uh, I don't know what you mean by power offense. I mean, as long as Ben is here or any uh, big-time quarterback, you know, they're not going to run a – it's not going to be three yards in a cloud of dust every, every – you know, it's just not how it's going to go, but – if the run blocking continues to improve, then maybe they'll uh, uh, be more successful at running the ball down the stretch and they'll have more of a balance. I think that's what you want anyway, is balance. And Michael O'Malley, who joins the show, he asked, do you think we can stop the run? Also, will the offense play four quarters this game? I can't answer the second question. As far as the first question, I don't know. That's another one I really can't answer because they didn't – they, they really were exposed last game. And when you're missing Tyson Alulu, who is so good at stopping the run and he's not coming back because he's out for the year. Uh, and then you you're missing Stefan to it. It's going to be harder, but um, maybe Robert Spillane will be up to the task as a run stopper. Cause I think that's his uh, best part of his game. So we'll see how they utilize him this week. And Russ Obenstein, who joins us, he says, Tony, I have the same feeling. We're going to make a, make a run. I, 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 for some reason I have a, I can't speak for the, 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 the uh, final 11 games as a whole, but I just have a feeling these next few are going to be, uh, they're, they're going to perform in such a way that people are really going to be excited. I mean, if they win their next three games, that's a five game winning streak. So then you're really going to have, I think the fan confidence will be uh, throbbing, if that's the right word to use. You know, pal pal palpable. There you go. And Steelers Freak uh, uh, says, so if Tomlin stays another 10 years with no Super Bowl rings yet, has a winning record, the nation, the nation is good? No, the nation's not going to be good because the nation wasn't good in 2011 one year after they lost their, their last Super Bowl, which was three years after they won their last Super Bowl. So the nation's never going to be good. They're always going to want uh, more rings. But, you know, if you're, if you're talking 10 years of, of, of 
contention winning record. I mean, that's unprecedented in, in team history. So who knows how the ownership will react? I mean, who knows what position uh, Art the second will be in by that point? Tomlin will be 60 years old by that point. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're talking, that'd be, he'd be the longest tenured coach in franchise history, you know, but if you're, if they're still winning uh, year after year after year, I mean, you know, I mean, he might be a sacred cow by that point that you, you, you it, it would seem impossible to, to move on from him. But I mean, it doesn't mean that they can't move on from him. Uh, Chuck Noel retired at 60 or right before his 60th birthday, but they had been going through such a long, he had such a, a poor stretch over his last 10 years that, you know, it, it seemed like a change was, was uh, long overdue. Um, 10 more years of, of winning and contending may, may get to the AFC championship game a few times, maybe making it to the Super Bowl once or twice, uh, winning the uh, division frequently, frequent, frequent playoff appearances. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I don't know how the Roonies would, would react to that because they've never been put in that position as far as uh, a guy being that successful as far as, uh, you know, contending year in and year out over, over, over a quarter of a century. So I don't, I can't answer that question other than they would be in uncharted territory. All right. Ben Bert Tavares says, love Mike, but we need a playoff victory soon. Well, I mean, got to make it there first. That's the uh, first uh, goal mission is to put yourself in, in contention, which right now I think they're what, what eighth. So they got to get in there. They get, they got to get to the playoffs first, which is, is going to be a big challenge considering they're three and three right now and, and, and in last place in the division. So, All right. <laughs> when is the Steelers secondary going to start making some turnovers? Uh, I'll say like 1.48 p.m. on Sunday. There you go. I, I have my crystal ball over here, Brian. And I, I'm predicting the uh, before 2 o'clock on, on Sunday. Eastern Standard Time, of course. Last appearance, says Bert, was 2008. Nope, it was 2010 against the Packers. They lost, uh, was it 37, 31, whatever that was. That was her last appearance. The last victory was 2008. All right. Thanks, Mean Joe has a long com comment and question. And he says, struggling to stop the run and struggling getting any consistency on offense, but let's not forget that the Browns are exactly playing with lights out ball or, or not exactly playing lights out ball either. What chance do you give us Sunday? Well, I, I said earlier, I, I think they're going to win a close game. So I think I, I give them a pretty good chance. I think, I think they're going to, they're going to, uh, it's going to be a, an exciting game. It's going to go down to the wire and I look for them to pull out a three or four point victory. Brian Brown says that's the whole point of being a fan. Well, that's that's your number one dream, but it shouldn't be all. It shouldn't be the only thing that. It shouldn't be the, the only thing that 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 uh, drives you to watch them. Is well, if they don't win a Super Bowl, I'm always going to be miserable, which is how a lot of people act. We see it. We see it on uh, in the comments section constantly on Facebook. 
They're always angry. Like if you're always angry, what's the point of following the team? Because you know, if it's super, if it's Super Bowl or bust, you're going to be upset 99.9% of the time because Pittsburgh's been around for what 90 years now, going on 90 years, and they've won six titles. So if that's all you live for, you're going to be pretty miserable all the time. And on that happy note, I think I'll take one more. Clarence Washington says that the two teams, meaning the Steelers and the Browns, they split last year. And they did. And actually that last game, Pittsburgh rested most of their key st starters because they had nothing to gain. That was the uh, Mason Rudolph Bowl, the annual backup quarterback bowl against the Browns. Seems like it's always against the Browns. Um, so yeah, they they uh, they split last year. Of course, the playoffs that was the uh, rubber match, and Pittsburgh didn't fare so well. So, but it's, each season's different. Um, but I think they're catch they're catching the Browns at the right time. I mean, they're 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 um, they're getting healthier, the Browns, but. I think they're they're not playing their best ball right now, so I think this might be a good time to catch to catch Cleveland. And on that note, at the uh, nine fifty three mark, I think I will call it a night. I had a fun show. I great interacting with all of you. I hope you enjoy Sunday's game. I hope you get to uh, celebrate a victory Sunday night and all next week. And until I talk to you on The Hangover with Brian and Shannon, have a great weekend. And as always, go Steelers. Good night, everybody. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.